Hey, 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 ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 what's going on, everybody? Late round wide receiver must owns. So we're going to be looking at rounds eight through 10. So, you know, later, middle, depending if you're drafting 25 rounds, it's probably more middle. If you're drafting 16 rounds, it's definitely closer to later. 12 rounds, you need to add more rounds to your draft. Slap yourself silly, pat yourself on the back afterwards, pick your spirits up after you knock them down and add more drafts, add more rounds to your draft because the more rounds you have, you know, if you're watching this video, that you are a good fantasy football player. You are better than average because you're actually putting the time in. You are prepping, you are practicing. Hard work beats talent when talent does not work hard. Shout out Derek Jeter for that one. Okay. So be sure now that you're putting all this time in the nudge, you know, nudge your league. If you're the commissioner or not, nudge them. Say, you know, let's vote on something. We only got 14 rounds in this draft. How about 16? How about 18? How about 22 rounds so that I don't got to wait in week five to try and get the guy I'm getting on waivers that would have drafted in round 17 and I'm dominating and smacking all you fools and going undefeated, right? But anyways, but anyways, we're going to look at guys. I got three right now, right? We just did the mid-round guys. We gave you five mid-round players from rounds five through seven at the wide receiver position that if you're in those rounds, you should be looking at those guys mainly and primarily. If they're on the board, do not be looking at anything else in those rounds at the wide receiver position if indeed you're interested in the wide receivers. Do not be taking your eyes off of those eye candies because those are the ones that you want. Now in rounds eight through 10, I got three names for you that we're going to go down and break down through. Same exact things are going to be happening with running backs on this channel later in the week. So be sure to watch, depending on you're watching this, they might already be out. There's a playlist with over 110 fantasy football videos for the 2020 season, all free on YouTube. So once you binge this one, go ahead and binge all them because you're going to need them to dominate your draft. And these wide receiver profiles behind me, we're going to be tapping into a couple of them today for two out of the three players to look at just the profiles. These are all in my Supreme Draft Guide. It's only going to be $10 linked up there down below if you want to figure out how to get that. It's all linked up down below. $10, you get 150 profiles to catch yourself up. We're going to preview some of them today. We previewed some of them in the last video, my top 150 rankings, all of my running back wide receiver, all my positional rankings and tiers, all that stuff, key stats, databases, and all the models that I put together for fantasy football statistics. All that is linked down below, but let's get into it. Enough talking. Hit the like button. That one's for me. Hit the subscribe button. That one's for you. This video is for yourself sitting there at home right now. These next 15 to 20 minutes, relax, roll your shoulder backs, crack your neck, crack your knuckles, take your slippers off, take your shoes off, sit back, relax. We are here right now for you. Let's start it off. The first player that I want to talk about that I am shocked that he is going this late, the 8.01. I'm using consensus rankings on 4 for 4 Fantasy Football. It's looking at a bunch of different sites, ESPN, Yahoo, Best Ball 10s, Fantasy, uh, the FFPC, right? So all that type of stuff. You can go ahead, you can look at it. It's using all these CBS, all these sites where drafts are happening. They're taking a consensus and Will Fuller in 12 team drafts is going as the 8.01. Eighth round right now is where Will Fuller is falling to. Look, I get it. You're scared about all of his injuries. And there's a lot of injuries, a lot of lower body injuries. To name a few of these injuries right now, we can just talk as of last year, a core muscle injury he had last year, a hamstring injury. He ends up missing six games last year alone. An ACL tear the year before that, he misses the final nine games of the season. After already missing a game with a hamstring injury the year before that, he fractures his ribs in 2017. He misses three games, right? He's an injury prone player. I get it. But let's just say Will Fuller plays 12 games. We don't have to give him the full 16 games because if he plays that, he's going to smash his out of the park. No DeAndre Hopkins there. He's the primary guy on the outside. Yes, Brandon Cooks is coming in. And I think Brandon Cooks is a fine option. He could very well be an honorable mention for this list because he's also going in the eighth round right now. Will Fuller, who actually has a good and established connection with Deshaun Watson that Brandon Cooks then does not. And Brandon Cooks, I had a concussion for a year. Yes, it was a very bad concussion. Brandon Cooks has concussion syndrome and he's playing through it. That is scary. That is risky. I cannot believe he's actually doing it, but I get it. You have to make your own individual decisions for your livelihood and your career. But either way, I think they're both fine options. But Will Fuller last year was still very efficient. He was still 
still a top 20 receiver in yards per target overall last year because he's a deep threat guy and he has a connection with his overall quarterback. He ranked 18th in yards per target last year, 16th in yards per pass route. So he was very good. And he was a guy who's just going to pop off for you. And as right now, a number one wide receiver in his offense, how are we not looking at him? Last year, he was playing like all the snaps, 100% of the snaps, 96, 100, 199. He just plays almost every single part of the snaps, seven targets, seven, six, and then he gets 16 goddamn targets. And he puts up 53.7 fantasy points, a three touchdown game, 217 yards against the Atlanta Falcons and Desmond Trufant, the number one receiver that week. He ends up having the season with another top 10 performance in week 12. Once he comes back from injury, puts up seven receptions on 11 targets for 140 yards that week as well. And here's the thing. You're getting a guy in the eighth round that you know when healthy is probably going to do. If he plays the whole season, four or five weeks where he just smashes a top 10 wide receiver production for you and has every single week wide receiver one upside to win you a week on his own like he did last year when he throws up a 50 burger. And in the offseason, they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Hello, helping Will Fuller. And they added Randall Cobb, who will work out of the slot. So Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills are going to split up those slot snaps with Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller on the outside. Will Fuller is the guy who has all the connection in the world right now with Deshaun Watson in terms of overall snaps between Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks right now having none between Kenny Stills not getting a ton of snaps and being productive with them overall last year compared to Will Fuller when both players were healthy out there. So yes, I think Will Fuller playing 100% of the snaps for as many weeks as he's going to play with his 99th percentile speed is going to be a weapon out there for Deshaun Watson behind an offensive line that was actually improved and gave him time last year to find guys like Will Fuller downfield. Will Fuller finished the season with a 20.7% target share. He ended up catching last year. He saw 71 targets. He caught 49 receptions for 670 yards, 60.9 per game because he was injured, of course, and three touchdowns, a 6.1% touchdown rate. So ended up seeing 12.2 fantasy points per game. That's 37th overall. Right now, Will Fuller, if you just take what he did last year, being injured and only playing in 11 games and really 10 and a half games, if you take what he did last year, finishing as the 37th player in fantasy points per game, and now there's no DeAndre Hopkins and he's the biggest veteran on his team when it comes to the receiving core, how long he's been on this team, just three years, he would be a value just based off of last year's numbers going in the eighth round. And now there's no Hopkins. So yes, I think Will Fuller is a very good option for you to snag where he is currently going as the 8.01 in 12 team drafts. Now let me take you to the end of the eighth round where a man in Marvin Jones Jr. right now is going. And this is a crazy stat, but over his last 16 games, Marvin Jones Jr. ranks as a better wide receiver than a man in Kenny Galladay. And last year before Matthew Stafford got hurt midway through the season week eight, Marvin Jones Jr. was a top 20 wide receiver. He is currently going outside the top 30 wide receivers in drafts and going on average as the 8.10, the 10th pick in the eighth round of drafts, the end of the eighth round that is. That is way too late for a guy that you can see what he did last year right here alone. Last year in the 2019 stats on my Supreme Draft Guide on Fantasy Sports Focus, the website, again, linked up down below, 94% of the snaps. He played injured as well. He was not out there for every single game. Playing in 13 games, he saw nine touchdowns on 92 targets. He was very efficient. 15th overall in fantasy points per target. He saw a 20.2% target share and a whopping 26.3% red zone target share. Overall in the red zone last year, not only did he see that target share, he ended up catching 11 red zone receptions, which was top 10 in the league as well. Now, last year, the first seven weeks, we called it eight weeks right around there when you actually see Matthew Stafford healthy. Marvin Jones Jr. was the wide receiver 15. 30 receptions, 387 yards, and five touchdowns. He was number 28 in targets, number five in red zone targets, and number two in red zone receptions during that time. Well, Matthew Stafford, who was trending before his injury, as you can see right here, as I pull this up, he was trending to finish as the number two overall quarterback in fantasy. He was on pace only behind Jameis Winston. He ended up seeing 312 passing yards per game, over 36 attempts per game, and he was number six in true passer rating, 19 touchdowns through eight weeks of the season. The leader in touchdowns last year was Lamar Jackson with 36. Matthew Stafford was on pace to beat 
beat that number by two touchdowns last season. And then he goes out and he gets injured. So you can see the stats as I'm showing on YouTube right now, blowing it up. If you're listening on the podcast version, how those ears doing, you can come over to YouTube anytime and just see what some of these sneak peeks into the Supreme Draft Guide look like. If you want to get some of the player profiles and see them before you actually go ahead and make the purchase of that for $10. And this is what you get. You just get a very good quarterback who's a top 10 quarterback for me. You get a guy in Marvin Jones Jr. who in my opinion is a wide receiver one in a body of a wide receiver one in an offense that makes him a wide receiver two behind Kenny Galladay. But really this de facto wide receiver one that Galladay rightfully so is going in the third round to fourth round of NFL drafts right now for fantasy football. Whereas a guy in Marvin Jones Jr. is going in the eighth to ninth round. That difference is way too big for guys who have similar production. And Marvin Jones Jr. has better production in the red zone than Kenny Galladay in this offense. And if you want to look at what they did in the offseason in general, nothing's going to hurt Marvin Jones Jr. If anything, it's going to help him. They go ahead, they get a fifth round wide receiver in the draft. That's fine. They get Geronimo Allison, who actually opted out of the season, I believe, in the slot. So he's gone. And the only thing that you're going to have is Danny Amendola in the slot to threaten and not really threaten, but Danny Amendola, TJ Hawkinson in the middle of the field. It's Marvin Jones Jr.'s world on the outside, probably on the right side of the field a lot of the time with Kenny Galladay on the left side of the field. And then it's just a healthier Matthew Stafford with an offensive line that right now they did lose Graham Glasgow, which is huge. I believe he signed with the Denver Broncos, very sneaky offseason pickup for the Denver Broncos. So that's big. That's a nice piece of their line, but they were a borderline top 12 offensive line last year. I expect them to be around average this year. So it's going to be good for Marvin Jones Jr. Now let's look at his target competition. So on this target competition sheet, you can put a line through John Allison. It's pretty much Kenny Galladay, who we already know is pretty mano e mano, about a 1200 yard season, 11 touchdowns, one of only three players as the wide receiver or tight end position to go for 10 or more touchdowns last year. And he actually saw less red zone receptions and less red zone overall target share, 25% compared to almost the 27% that Marvin Jones Jr. saw. So it's going to be Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, and TJ Hawkinson that are going to compete. DeAndre Swift, the rookie running back to an extent, but those are not targets that really are ever going to go to Marvin Jones at the line of scrimmage or slightly ahead or behind it. Marvin Jones ranks out as a top 30 wide receiver right around the 30 wide receiver mark for me currently, but he's going way later than that right now as a 94th overall player off the board and the wide receiver 37. That is just way too late. I'm not taking Marvin Jones after some of the names that are currently on the board. Get yourself some Marvin Jones Jr. if you're there at the end of the eighth round in need of one. And the final player profile that we'll look at on the Supreme Draft Guide right now, and before we get into it, like button for me one second, please. Big old subscribe button on YouTube if you're listening on the podcast. Hit that subscribe and follow on YouTube. Second of your time, bottom right-hand corner. Please do hit the subscribe button. It allows me to reach more people. But Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk currently is going as the 9-12, the last pick in the ninth round right now. And this is just absolutely mind-boggling to me. Look, he's going as the 108th overall player. Makes no sense. For me right now, he's he's the 40th wide receiver off the board on average. He's in my top 35 wide receivers currently. He's, I believe, my wide receiver 32 as of right now. So he's going way too late. Outside the top 100 is just ridiculous for Christian Kirk. I get it. We all love Calvin Ridley in Atlanta, but he's still behind Julio Jones, who's a better wide receiver right now, in my opinion, than DeAndre Hopkins is coming into a new offense because of that. So you have Calvin Ridley, who's been fine in the league for two years, but so is Christian Kirk, who had an ankle injury for a month last year that went under the radar and people are not saying and really talking about it much. They're just looking at his 68 receptions, 709 yards and three touchdowns and saying, ah, that's not a good season. He missed a month of the season with an injury. He got tackled at the one yard line twice last year, twice last year. So what if this number instead said 80 receptions because he plays in those four games, or let's just say 85 receptions, 1100 yards, and now he has five or six touchdowns. Everybody's jumping up and down to get Christian Kirk in the top four rounds like they are right now for Calvin Ridley. I like Calvin Ridley. It's not a knock against him, but these guys are very similar players and you're taking Calvin Ridley in the fourth and fifth round. Sometimes I see him go in the third round and you're taking Christian Kirk and borderline the double digit rounds. That gap is way too far, especially since his biggest competition right now, and we'll pull up his 2019 stats as you can see on YouTube right now. His biggest competition is a player in DeAndre Hopkins who is not going to see 150 targets like he 
did all his time in when he was with Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. He's probably going to see like 125 right now. So that's even more targets to kind of go around than a lot of people are expecting. I think Christian Kirk still sees well over 100 targets. So 108 last year. I would say Christian Kirk sees somewhere around 110 to 115 targets this year in this offense. And that's going to be a bold number, but that's why I'm higher than consensus on Christian Kirk. He was never the best efficiency receiver, but he saw a ton of volume last year. And now he comes into his third year where efficiency starts to really cement up and become more crisp. He saw over 16 slot snaps per game, which was 42%, which was very good. Some of the most route runs in the entire league at 38.7 from these Cardinals wide receivers. And then Kyler Murray, who I mentioned earlier in a previous video, that Gardner Minshew was better than Kyler Murray last year. If you just look at once Minshew actually started, Arizona threw the 17th most times last year, but Murray was ninth in overall attempts with 33.9 per game. He was ninth in deep ball attempts as well. So that's going to help, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. But DeAndre Hopkins last year, his role in Houston actually turned into a possession role receiver, not so much downfield where Wolf Fuller and Kenny Stills were really the downfield weapons. I'm not sure if that transfers over, but it's important to note. And the target competition, yes, of course, it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins, who in 2019 was the number one wide receiver in route participation, was still top five in targets. Don't expect that number to happen again. Was number two in receptions. Don't expect that number to happen again with the receptions overall going down because I expect the targets to go down. And now you have Larry Fitz out there who played 84% of the snaps last year. I expect Larry Fitz, who saw over 100 targets last year, to command probably somewhere around 50 receptions this year, 55 receptions around there. He had 75 last season. And then Kenyon Drake out of the backfield, who saw about 3.6 receptions per game and 50 total receptions. So in my opinion, like if you just take my comparison of Christian Kirk to Calvin Ridley, there is not a huge difference there. If Christian Kirk does not get hurt for a month of the season last year, like Calvin Ridley did the final two and a half to three weeks last year, and Christian Kirk just has two more weeks to produce like he did last year, and he becomes close to a thousand yard receiver, and he shows you that he can catch 80 balls in a season on 120 targets, everybody's jumping up and down for Christian Kirk. But because they just acquired DeAndre Hopkins and nobody really wants to acknowledge that he was hurt for a month of the season last year, Christian Kirk is just this average receiver going now in the 10th round and 9th round of drafts. When he's not, he's a third year receiver, just like Calvin Ridley. Behind Calvin Ridley is behind Julio Jones in that offense still, who's going to command 130 to 140 targets. Whereas Christian Kirk's number one receiver is probably going to command 120 to 130. I think there's all the upside in the world for Christian Kirk, who's also due for touchdown regression because he got all three of those touchdowns in one game, tackled twice in the one yard line, and saw over 100 targets last year and only commanded three touchdowns. So I think there's a lot of upside for Kirk. I honestly think that Christian Kirk should be going in the seventh round and you can currently get him in the ninth or 10th round of the drafts. So go ahead, get Christian Kirk. If Christian Kirk is like your wide receiver, honestly, honestly, if he's your wide receiver four, that's great. But if he's like your wide receiver five at this point, that's a fantastic roster you've just built. And in saying that, I'm completely fine if Christian Kirk is my wide receiver three on my team. If I want to go running back heavy early, maybe an early round tight end or quarterback before I take any other wide receivers, I don't usually like that build. You can check out my number one draft strategy video to kind of see how I build. But that's just an example of, I think Christian Kirk is fine to be getting in the seventh, eighth rounds. You don't have to reach on him because he's going right now at the end of the ninth round. So there's three guys in rounds eight through 10 to look at. Will Fuller with the first pick in the eighth round, Marvin Jones towards the end of the eighth round. And then at the end of the ninth round, Christian Kirk are wide receivers that I am targeting in those rounds eight through 10 right now as must draft wide receivers. Thank you so much for tuning into this video. You can check out the rest of the wide receiver profiles and player profiles on my Supreme Draft Guide link down below for just $10 rooskies for you to dominate your draft. Buckle up, get your backpack on, zip up your jacket. You're going over to your draft. You have my top rankings, my top 150s, my top tiers, my player profiles, my overall key stats database in your hand, in your backpack with your laptop, and you're ready to go and just dominate this draft undefeated season on three. Okay. Maybe you lose a couple of games, but the more informed that you are, and that's what my draft guide is going to help you with, the better your odds of winning. So be sure to check it out and take advantage of it down below. Like button before you go, big old subscribe button as it pops up on the screen before you go. I appreciate you all. Check out some of my other videos. Any questions you can reach out in the comment section or on Twitter at DFS. Hit the follow button while you're over there and I'll see you all in the next one. Peace out gang.